0: We are recording this on June 7th, 2020, so we feel it's necessary to make a short disclaimer regarding many of the protests happening in the United States and around the world. Racism and police brutality are incredibly egregious and deplorable actions that should be taken as a public health issue for all Americans. In 1931, roughly two years into the Great Depression, Langston Hughes wrote the poem Tired, which said, I am so tired of waiting, aren't you? for the world to become good and beautiful and kind. Let us take a knife and cut the world in two and see what worms are eating at the rind. The My Gaming Academia podcast stands behind Black Lives Matter, peaceful protests, and outcries for change. Hello and welcome to My Gaming Academia. My name is Reza, AKA SprintSpeed. My name is
1: Javon, a.k.a. Joey Stoney.
2: And I'm Eric, a.k.a.
0: Hysteric. And this is episode three, Wish I Got a Switch, Quarantine Edition. So obviously, COVID-19 and the global quarantines that have ensued from it have had a huge impact on all walks of life. Honestly, really defining changing history from here on out from since it kind of became a global pandemic going forward. So as it relates to gaming, this similarly has a huge impact, but the effects it has had on gaming have been pretty different from a lot of other industries or other businesses. What are some main things I guess we think might be indicative of the relationship gaming has had with Coronavirus.
2: I would say honestly that as gamers, speaking for myself at least, uh quarantine has mostly given me a chance to enjoy more games than I normally have the time to mm-hmm. and essentially work through what I consider a pretty massive backlog of crap. <laughs> yeah, well, and,
0: yeah, the your backlog has been insane.
2: Yeah. And, uh, and with that, I mean, like, you know, for certain gamers like myself, quarantine really doesn't have much of an effect. It's like most of the free time that gamers like me spend is just spent playing games for like a good number of hours on end. Not every day, obviously, <laughs> like we are doing in quarantine, but it's pretty... It's a pretty familiar feeling to be in this situation, in a sense, kind of just doing it. So the only real change has been instead of doing it like maybe most weekday nights and then like one day on the weekend, it just changed to all weekday nights and every day of the weekend. Because mm-hmm. that one day that you that you were going out when everyone else was also free was now removed but otherwise the hobbies and activities that you have available to you are still present and ever so accessible so i haven't really found much struggle with finding things to do i know a lot of people have been like oh my god i'm like cabin fever i don't know what to do in my own home or whatever i'm just like all right i finished this uh what do i got next i got this okay and gaming's a very unique activity in that even though it's all gaming and a lot of things feel very similar each game that you play and each gaming experience can feel very different such that it feels like a completely different activity almost
0: so like being stuck at home has almost been productive in some sense
2: for me it's yeah it's actually been extremely productive because again backlog So I actually feel like a weight has been lifted off my chest.
0: Right. It's good that you can kind of take, I guess, the really harsh situation uh, um, and actually use it for some positive effects of trying to get through this. All this great media that you've been wanting to.
2: Yeah, and you know there haven't been other things that haven't been affected. Like there were clearly games that maybe I wasn't really looking forward to, but I know javon plays a lot more single-player games than i do and so he's definitely been looking forward to certain games but they were you know they were shifted back because of development reasons Mm. like what were some of the things you were looking forward to
1: um well one of them was cyberpunk 2077 oh yeah that game was supposed to come out I think in March like right, now, right now, they like kind of like it should have been out by this point, but they, um, they pushed it back and I was just like, ugh, because the first <laughs> time that game was announced, I was like, bro, take the money now limited edition. Here we come. And I don't even buy limited edition <laughs> stuff, anything. Um, and so I was definitely looking forward, uh, to that. Um, and, now uh well september's not that far away from now but yeah definitely that was on the radar
0: honestly if you give me that screenshot of cyborg john wick that's that's all you need to sell me on a game
1: <laughs> that's all i Basically. want like come on now like like once i saw that i was like yep yeah, done deal i'm buying the legendary edition like i don't wait. care anymore
2: so no wait does that mean you're also getting uh, you're also getting the um the like the Xbox, not like limited edition version or something like that? Obviously, sir. Oh, I already okay, have okay. oh, no actually I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't <laughs> know. I don't know. Said he but I had do it. know that I want the game though, for real. Like for sure. I, okay. I I want the game.
0: Yeah, so I guess there there's two I guess things or things isn't a great word. There's two facets in which gaming economically, I guess, is affected by a lot of the global quarantines. On the one hand, you have these production cycles that are being really delayed. Um, and it, I'm a little worried about the manufacturing and development going into the new consoles that are supposed to come out by end of the year, where everything is very tightly planned on, to my knowledge, on like Sony and Microsoft's end, so that they boom Xbox Series X PlayStation 5 hit the shelves right in the upswing of holiday shopping season if they're planning that so precisely and now basically there's a huge wrench thrown into that creation cycle I'm worried that they might not be able to push it out uh, until maybe even 2021 or if they do force it out maybe it'd come out with like really a lot of bugs or maybe it's not the highest quality it could have been.
1: I mean, yeah, I'm sure there's definitely that concern. I mean, Sony had already announced that, well, PlayStation, I should say, had already announced that there weren't going to be as many PlayStation 5s produced before, like, Corona became, like, everyone's life. Right. Uh, Microsoft has yet to make any kind of announcement related to uh, Corona affecting the production of the xbox uh xbox series x um i do know nintendo
0: some nintendo project leads have have like sakurai who makes super smash bros has mentioned that if he was happy they were only working on dlc characters at the moment because smash bros ultimate came out a couple years ago Mm -hmm. but he mentioned like uh, their philosophy is such that being in person and being able to bounce creative ideas off each other is so essential to their process that if they were trying to work on making a new game, they would just have halted the entire basically line Mm -hmm. until further notice. So...
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's definitely the concern, like this ripple effect that what you could do in person does not necessarily always translate when you have to have A the you have to take the equipment that you use at work, right, home, right, if that's possible. And then also still try to manage having these um discussions, right, that are sometimes a little challenging, especially over like online, right? And Mm -hmm. then try to work in tandem with each other even though you you can't necessarily just go to the other person's like cubicle at the moment and say, Hey, can you do this or collaboratively collaboratively work? Right. And the same uh, effectiveness or efficiency then, uh, then like being at home doing everything. And, I believe. And I would the- guess
0: that effect
1: is something almost
0: unanimously shared by many people who had kind of maybe in, in-person office level jobs, um, mm-hmm probably that i wouldn't expect that to be unique to the production of Mm -hmm. gaming
1: specifically right 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 eric was there something you was going to mention
2: i Uh, think it's yeah like production cycles and such are important but it's like what i'm personally concerned about with, with that is kind of how in some ways i feel like a lot of these statements sometimes are I don't know, because now because of what we've heard about with with things about how rigorous the game development process is, I'm kind of like, maybe this is actually even in the same vein of how I was like, oh, I have more time to get through what I need to get through. Maybe this is kind of like a nice quote unquote break for them, because if they can't really work, then they then they're having a more relaxed format of it. And so Mm. you know i I'm, I'm for certain that they can take certain things home with them to develop but the vast majority of it definitely not so like maybe
0: it's beneficial for like the mental health of the employees where they're not right. in that kind of not, stage panic
2: yeah and i think that's going to be a very big thing for that because okay it's a lot of stress and such from, well, from what you know from what we know about like the game developer culture and such.
1: Well, I don't want to, I hear your point. um, And and thank you for bringing it up. I would just like to know more in terms of like interview why like do like interviews with game developers to see what the process is, because though that they are, people are at home now and working on games at home, uh, what makes something like probably easier or harder could have just been changed as in now, instead of working long hours at an office, you now are working long hours at home on top of like, if you have kids, you now have to be more cognizant of where your kids sure. are. To, at least I, I assume that if you're at home, I mean, if you're at work, Right, you will have like a mechanism or system in place, like for child care, if possible, all that stuff. But now, if you're at home, then you have to also manage dealing with, you know, children in other house like other uh, you know, obligations these and duties. Right. So yeah. So I there could be, you know, uh, some like mental health like um, benefits. Uh, but I don't want to make it seem as though that that is the overall truth um, until, you know, like, research comes out about that related to perceptions on, like, dealing with, you know, coronavirus and quarantine. Wow, like, game developing.
0: Yeah, I guess that's fair. And it, my guess is that it would kind of depend on each individual's situation and how they operate best. But one of the other facets relating to the gaming industry, at least from a financial perspective, is people wanting to buy games. So Mm -hmm. obviously, as Eric mentioned, with people staying at home, you have a lot more people playing video games. Um, I mean, Verizon reported, I think, within the first few weeks, that gaming usage on the Verizon network was up 75%. The New York Times reported that following the first month of quarantines, that video game sales... We're up 35% year over year compared to April of 2019. So there is also this, maybe there's like a big struggle here. It could be beneficial for the individual employees. But in terms of profit margins, uh, there's a lot of people and a lot of companies that are doing really well within gaming as a result.
1: Oh, for sure, Uh, for sure. Um, Because and it's so interesting, right? Because you look at all other major industries, right? The film industry, right? You have like uh, the restaurant industry, like you have like these major. um, You have these major, like gigantic stakeholders, all taking a hit. But then you have gaming that is just, you know, flourishing even more, right? And I think it's just. For me, you know, it's just just fairly interesting to to see how many people probably, like, got on board of, like, playing more video games who would not consider themselves, like, uh, a gamer in terms of, like, defined as, like, a person who plays this amount of hours or something like that, right? I'm curious to know about the people who decided, you know what? I'm going to be stuck in this house. I might as well you know, do X, Y, and Z things. I mean, I'm interested at, about how uh, those who have already gamed uh, or who were already like gamers, they just increase their amount of game time. But I'm more curious to know about the, the thoughts about those who decided i need some kind of outlet i can't mm. buy a bike anymore because bikes are gone i can't buy this because those are gone i'm a to buy <laughs> game i mean and you know even like even so like you're buying, saying is you wish you got a switch essentially i wish i had a switch and you know what mm. i kick myself in the butt every day because um it was right around Christmas time, between Christmas and January, where I was like, you know what, I should get a switch, you know, I should I should get a switch, I should practice maybe some Smash Brothers, you know, just to, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. get used to that, familiarize myself with it. I really should. And I kept saying that, and I kept saying that, and I kept saying that. And then once everything, like, jumped off around, like, you know, late February, early March, right, I was just like, you know what? should i get a switch no people are more concerned about toilet paper and water <laughs> yeah. like here's my mind that was my mindset right and then a week or so afterwards i was like you know what i should get a switch but then all the articles or like yeah like started to like i can't find a switch anywhere and i'm just like i messed up but
2: yeah mm. yep i messed I mean, like, up you know, Like yeah because just all this stuff is like you know going up in price too like mm-hmm. fucking oh yeah you yeah, like fucking I, w- I wanted to get some new um, joy cons just just because I wanted more joy cons and the ones I wanted used to be like 70 bucks which I was like okay that's a little expensive for now now they're a hundred freaking thirty dollars and I'm $130 like oh. hundred
0: thirty dollars just for- yeah and
2: they have to be freaking imported from Japan too I'm like what you mean
0: oh my god that's- what you mean actually pretty wild <laughs>
1: it's Wait, so
2: it's not, like not and those uh, are the only ones that are on sale like if you try to find any others they're just like no they're not there because everyone bought everything and it's then like we mentioned that and so like that's kind of had a bit of a like effect on me because i'm kind of like oh my god like you know it, it, it makes you wonder like oh are people buying this because they're you know in a sense because of the price gouge it's like are people doing the same thing almost with uh, with the toilet paper where they're <laughs> trying to buy this because they need it? Or are they buying this because they're trying to rack up the price?
0: Yeah. And I mean, with all of this insane buying frenzy, something that has absolutely exploded for sure is Animal Crossing. I know we've talked about. Mm. Um, Did you buy your turnips? I did buy my turnips. I didn't I didn't spend a whole lot this week. I haven't played that much in the last week, um, but I did spend like 75,000 bells. Get a little bit of profit in there if I can flip them for a little bit higher margins. Uh, but anyways... Only
2: 75k? How poor are you?
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. I didn't want to have to go to my bank and take anything else out. Uh, but anyways, wow. <laughs> yeah. Animal Crossing in the first month sold over 13 million copies, which... I was for sure the best-selling game in April. I think it might've been the best-selling game for the switch period within that time, within a first month time frame. Hmm. It just absolutely blown up. And I think it was so well positioned for this series of events because the game design is such that it doesn't really require you to have a lot of previous game knowledge, like maybe a super smash bros does, uh, or there's not as high of a barrier to entry. If, to maybe reiterate myself better. So I think it's been really cool to see how widely impacted Animal Crossing has had on just the general American culture where I've been on work calls with uh, associates of our business that are not gamers at all, but people have mentioned, by the way, I'm playing games now. I tried Animal Crossing. It's the number one thing people have been mentioning to me Mm -hmm. this
1: entire time. Mm -hmm. Animal Crossing it's like that barrier to entry, right? Where the barrier to entry is not... The gateway big. game? <laughs> it's a gateway game. Uh, <laughs> I wonder <laughs> if that's an actual term. Uh, I have to look that up. But, um, you could invent yeah, it. Too.
2: Javon, wait. Have you ever played Catan?
1: Catan? Like Settlers Ooh. of Catan? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah that that's a gate No, that's a gateway game for board games everyone starts in that and then after the next thing you know you're playing D, buying figures and dice and everything in between
1: mm-hmm. i wish i could buy figures yeah so for animal crossing it is like the game design is definitely like you don't need to have like the twitchiest of fingers at all to do it um the game is very mellow in terms of its theme.
2: Oh no! You say you don't need twitchy fingers, but have you tried fishing? Have you tried fishing? <laughs> I that's
0: not twitchy though. That's t- you can still be very calm and slow in your approach. You just have to press A. Is like the hard. I'd say that's probably the mechanically hardest thing to do, except for maybe catching predator bugs.
2: Yeah, you mean running, uh, running away from the wasps? Uh, yeah, uh, tarantulas. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, <laughs> Javon.
1: And lastly, um, Animal Crossing has really no, like, overall end to it. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I don't own Animal Crossing, so I'm really looking for you two to correct me. But Animal Crossing really has, like, no end to it, right? You just simply just live out. Your best life, <laughs> yeah. uh, right? As free as possible, and try to like pay off your debts or something to some some what raccoon person.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's uh, your tanuki overlord, okay. uh, but he does look like a raccoon. Um, uh, but yeah, it's been really interesting, also because to expand on your point there of it never ending there is a finite number of like items you can collect or like unlockable ways to in- influence your Island. But Nintendo, maybe for the first time in history that I've seen, been looking at this company has been super consistent, releasing constant patch updates of uh, living content. This June month is like wedding season. So you have a bunch of new recipes and things you can buy that are wedding themed. Last month, there was um, other themes. Uh, earlier, there was like Bunny Day around like the around middle of March. Um, they've done a really great job at just adding constant new things to keep you engaged. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And people have been building entire communities around that. I mean, you have Nookazon, you have Turnip Exchange. Uh, people are building entire communities and social ecosystems around specifically playing this game, there's a guy, um, what's his name? I believe it's Gary Whitta, who he created an interview studio within his house in Animal Crossing, and he invites people to come to his island in the game, and he records the game footage, but it's a real talk show, where, like, you know, (laughs) Jay Leno, Conan O'Brien, he'll bring people on, sit at a couch next to his at-home desk, and interview them.
1: That is so great. There, I, I, my mind is swirling with how many, like, friends of mine in media studies would love to just like dissect just that interaction in and of itself. Uh, but that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah, and
0: I think that brings us to kind of another topic relating to gaming in quarantine, where it's provided a lot of people an outlet for social interaction. Where I personally, and I know you guys have also had a big experience with online games, but I've personally been really invested in online gaming for the majority of my life. Um, I play a lot of competitive games online or cooperative games, uh, what have you. But it's really with the lack of physically being able to talk to people, I think there's been a lot of growth in the social supportive aspects that gaming can offer.
1: Right. Um I agree. Uh since being um on quarantine, I definitely have looked towards online uh interaction a lot more because that's what I currently have. <laughs> uh like that's what I have going for myself. So being in Discord, just chatting with friends and then trans like going straight from oh, I'm talking to people in discord and then all of a sudden okay let's just play overwatch and then we're just on overwatch right Right. in a lot of ways the ways that i interact online like via like my games has not changed is simply the way i've for me the saliency of why i love gaming so much is even more of a present because now not being able to actually physically interact with the same people that I play online because that's the thing for for us uh, in this podcast is that we know each other in real life right we like mm-hmm. we went to school and <laughs> we could like visit each other I mean, um, you and Eric
0: live together so
1: right and Eric and I live together so like we have a that physical like in-person relationship. So when we play online it feels even, I for me, the experience is that much more enriched, right? But not being able to see any of you since I've been back in town uh, has been really disheartening. So when I see anyone in the Discord, I'm just, okay, let's play Overwatch because I know that I have no idea when I get to see you. Like I can probably see you now physically, but we still have to keep our distance from each other. Right. Yeah. So when's the next time that I can actually give you like a hug or like, just actually stay in the vicinity of your house without being too overconcerned concerned about me or putting myself in a particular situation of like being sick or me in like getting someone else sick unintentionally.
2: Right. Right. And I think, like what you mentioned there is like a good point. Like, you've brought this up before, but it's like, you know, pretty much in a sense, the summary of like everything we just talked about for the past like, you know, three, five minutes or so has been that like us being gamers and being very familiar with these avenues of being able to connect through these activities that don't require us to be in person physically means that this situation is much more of a physical distance than it is a social distance. We're interacting pretty much how we would in real life for the most part, like, you know, if we were to see each other, like, you know, I'm still going to take jabs at Javon, he's going to jab back at me, yada, 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 like, we're going to do all that still. We're just not going to hear it or see the other person, like, dead in front of you but we're doing everything we otherwise would do even when we're in person like you know it be it be like Javon's come over to my place and he's chilling out he's brought his laptop he's going to he's just going to rig up at a desk and then it's like all right we're going to Overwatch yeah we're going to Overwatch <laughs> i'm in my room he's in like the dining room whatever, No, whatever got his whole setup going and then we're all on discord again yeah. Really not much different. So we're all very familiar with that avenue. And so that's made it a bit easier for us to navigate. But I also know that, like, um I have friends who, like we had also discussed earlier, like are starting to play a little bit more of games and such through Animal Crossing. But they don't really know or aren't really used to or don't really want to get into games in the same kind of like dedicated fervor that we have to a degree and I, when I say we I just mean like us three because it's different for everyone but um, they're like oh yeah I'm kind of like not sure what I want to do in Animal Crossing anymore I'm kind of like tired of it or whatever and I'm like how far did you get and it's like I've got like two villagers and one and I'm like okay
0: everybody has their limits that's fine
2: yeah it's interesting but but then that same person may end up being like oh i don't know what to do because i have kind of fear i don't know what to play and it's kind of like we're again we're like oh yeah we have all these different games we have all these different experiences we have all the different things that we know because of our experience as gamers but those people who aren't as experienced end up being a manner of okay, they still have a little more trouble navigating this side of things because they just didn't, you know, spend as much time with the hobby as we have. And so that also has an effect for them. So mm-hmm. it's kind of a mix of things. And I feel like it's not just that, like, gaming in itself maybe has this huge surges. I think it's just getting a little more exposure to, like, you know, people's cult not to like the general public culture and such because it's kind of forced people that way also
0: yeah not imagine even if a bunch of the people that weren't previously familiar with a lot of games maybe they don't dive in as deep but i imagine some of them do and they're like oh wow actually i love this i'm gonna spend the rest of my life being a gamer i imagine there's some proportion of people that might fall into that category yeah, just um, like and- that
2: spectrum, they try and they're not as invested. There is obviously going to be people who end up getting more invested. I mean, yeah. like that's how that's how every one of us started at some point,
0: right? And to go off your point, where yeah, a lot of the social interaction we are doing is pretty much the regular go to routine. Um, I do. I am very personally extroverted, so I do feel. I have had a rough time in quarantine, not being able to like go out and see people, but had it not been for gaming and the ability to communicate online, uh, I definitely would be in a worse spot for sure. Do you all think some of these changes that are happening or maybe the influx of more people being into gaming or some of the transitions of communication, like with Gary Wood's talk show and Animal Crossing or things like that, do you think these changes are going to persist after, I guess, we get a vaccine and everything goes back to quote-unquote normal? Or do you think this is mostly just a... uh, Or do you think some of these changes are permanent? Um, Wait, did I ask that
2: correctly? Yeah, I think some of these changes are honestly just permanent. Like, you know, like, there's a reason why you just had to say, like, quote-unquote normal. Really? I mean, things are never actually going to go back to normal. Yeah. I I, I, said that because we
0: spend a year doing something like... What is normal at that point?
2: Yeah, like, I've had this discussion with another friend of mine, like, repeatedly. And it's just, everyone's going to have some different form of takeaway from all this. Nothing is ever really going to be normal. Like, masks and whatnot were pretty common, in a sense, like fashion in East Asian societies. And now maybe that will be a piece here now because we're starting to see a bit of that right now, and so that's something. Maybe spacing in places might be a lot more, you know. it might be like spacing in restaurants and whatnot. That might be a factor for some people you know, when they look at going to a restaurant or look, not see if it looks appealing or anything. Mm-hmm. And then maybe there's some paranoia with going to like clubs and whatnot. And in terms of gaming, maybe effects of like, for example, you know, people are maybe more actively using tools such as maybe like D&D Beyond and Roll20 in order to conduct remote D&D sessions like that, even though D&D is normally a game that's played in person with everyone sitting around a table.
0: Right. Okay, so you think a lot of the changes are going to be... Um, I guess still carried out because it's still convenient to have
2: them and again kind of like with what we said with uh, people being exposed to, not to games like gamers themselves also are just being probably exposed to other tools and avenues and so you know if it's a good enough tool and avenue you're not really going to want to give it up that kind of thing and then just and just in general if you're discovering new things and you like it it's added to your repertoire of things to do and then it just it just builds from there. And then again, just like people's reactions to certain things are just not going to be the same. I think I'd agree with that.
1: Um, yeah, thank you, uh, Eric. Yeah. I've been thinking about this question uh, a lot myself about what, what are like the main takeaways people are going to have with them, um, as it relates to gaming specifically once, you know, a vaccine is out. There was this Washington post article that I came across. I think the title is like the giants of the video game industry have thrived in the pandemic. And one of the questions that it asked is exactly that, right? What is going to happen with the games industry? Uh, when things, uh, get better meaning you know when the the vaccine comes out what are some of the things that are going to be really really long lasting right in relation to you know people buying games at the same rate uh esports right proliferation stuff like that uh will you know other conglomerations like uh tv conglomerations will actually start to put esports more front and center? Is that going to be permanent? Is there going to be more investment in those yeah. kind of avenues in general now? Or are they just doing it because regular uh, traditional sports are like on the back burner at the moment? So what? What, it, what is all the implications? And I personally don't know. I have yet to formulate an, an opinion um, because though I believe that some people uh, who probably got into gaming since the pandemic, right? They may keep that up. Um, but even after vaccine comes out, would a person be so ready too long to go back into what they used to do right early early 2020, right and it could be like 2021 or or what have you. If they're longing for that, will they just like, maybe not just drop gaming at that moment, but will they revert back to or add in the things that they used to do that were more like, that requires like being in like physical, like, uh, locations more. So I don't know. Uh, I honestly don't know. It's a, it's a complex. It's a really, for me, it's a complex, uh, it's complex. I guess
0: history will be the best tutor
1: for that. All I'll say is that first I hope everyone in some way will um really take this time if you have family members that you love the game with then really pride yourself on like doing more of that. Right? Even for me, I've been able to play uh what was it? Ghost Recon Wildlands with my cousin, my aunt, and my uncle, uh, uh quite a bit since being in quarantine. And I, it's not just the gaming experience that I, well, the gaming experience is tied in to me interacting with my family. That is a way for me to make sure that they are okay. Um, they're getting through this and let's just enjoy this experience with each other. So I hope people, if they don't have family members to do that with just other friends to experience games with, right? Start to get into more games that, you know, require a cooperative play. If right, possible. Yeah. If you don't have like a, a stable internet connection, then that's that's fine. And immerse yourself into some really deep JRPGs, right? <laughs> they will keep your I attention. mean Final Fantasy Seven remake just came out.
2: Right. Uh, yeah. And like you know, like Javon was saying, it's he made a good point that it's you know, not exactly necessarily the game that you're playing that has to matter. It's just that gaming is the avenue through which you're going to spend the time like the game in and of itself often shouldn't matter like my uh my cousins and i we used to before this whole quarantine happened we had a very routine kind of get together hang out you know go out to eat go to each other's houses, play board games or whatever but now with quarantine we're all on animal crossing and instead of those Get together hangouts. We're doing like catalog exchanges, and we're keeping each other updated on turnip prices and etc. So <clears throat> we just shifted our, you know, our hangouts to being facilitated by Animal Crossing, yeah. and game. The game itself has just become the avenue through which we are continuing our connection. It's not the reason. And so <clears throat> I think it's just that if you just use gaming as that, as the way you can easily start facilitating that and making that more common for yourself and your family members, I think that's probably one of the biggest things in all, about like playing games and being a gamer and how that you know fits into our culture and society and psyche and such that is really the most important part about all this, I think. I think I'd agree.
0: Thank you, everybody, for listening. Again, I'm
2: Reza,
1: and I'll see you guys next time. All right, take care and peace, good people.
2: Bye.